my name is Gwenda and I'm Tatjana and you're listening to GT Conversations, the ultimate global lifestyle podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode. Super, super excited. As we already mentioned last week, today we are talking about active citizenship and we will share with you a few tips and ideas on how to change, if not save the world in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. But first of all, thank you so much for listening into our last episode about Christmas. I hope you got into the mood of Christmas and got your own room decorated, went out, ate cookies or drank some hot chocolate, whatever it took for you to get in the mood. And uh, you enjoyed our little sort of insight into what we do for Christmas back home in Germany or here in Mumbai. So before we jump into the main topic of today, let's catch up a little bit. How was your week? My week was good, Christmas Eve, everything revolving around Christmas, but my absolute favorite moment actually had nothing to do with Christmas, but how small the world actually is. What happened was that a friend of mine who I'm playing Mahjong with here in Mumbai visited Kolkata. I didn't even know she was going to Kolkata and she posted on our Mahjong group a picture of a Chinese club where a couple of elderly gentlemen were sitting playing Mahjong. And she was saying, look, you know, they're playing Mahjong. This is so cool. And I was like, oh, my God, I know this club. My mother-in-law lives directly across the street from there. And so my how friends, fun. yeah, <laughs> this is literally how small is the world. Absolutely. And my friend was saying, oh, my God, really, uh, we're sitting here in the restaurant right next door to the club. And the owner is asking, who's your mother-in-law? So I texted her the name. And I was like, she was just here. <laughs> and I was like, what, really? And uh, then apparently my mother-in-law walked back in and my friend got up and went to her. And she, they were talking. They even took a picture together and sent it to me. How and cute. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I love this. This is all the way over in Kolkata. That's basically Mumbai's West Coast, Kolkata's East Coast, right? It's just the world is so small. This idea of six degree separation. There's like we all know each other somehow. It's so funny. Oh my god, I love it. It's yeah. also so typical Indian that the restaurant owner is just asking, okay, like who's your mother-in-law? <laughs> tell, tell me the details. I mean, such a small world. Oh my god, that must have been so cute. It was so amazing. Yeah. Um, How about you? Well, as you know, I went to Bangalore last week yes. and there's so many highlights within that Bangalore trip itself. But I think definitely my favorite part was how I fell back in love with Bangalore, I guess. For those of you who don't know, I lived in Bangalore for 2010, 11 for six, seven months. I went back two, three times in, in between, but like I haven't been post-COVID and it's just like the city has changed so much. I know I, obviously everyone is complaining about the traffic. I was very lucky I didn't get stuck in traffic. I just really loved exploring the cafes, restaurants, and what up with a lot of people. I actually met one of my college friends from Germany. She so happened to live in India now as well. She was also visiting Bangalore. So she saw my Instagram stories and she was like, hey, <laughs> I'm here, you're here. <laughs> yeah, just like an hour before I had to go to the airport, I caught up with her. It was actually a really nice thing. We haven't seen each other for five, six years. So it's been a while. And it was just so, so nice. And there are two things I think I took back from that trip. Is one is that I want to do more spontaneous short trips around India. Yeah. I was in Bangalore less than 48 hours. And it was just so refreshing for the soul and for the mind. I just loved it. And the other thing is really like just connecting with people from your past sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And also one thing, because I didn't get a chance to like meet everyone that I wanted to meet. What I want to do in future, if I travel to different cities, pick one coffee shop, 
tell people, okay, I'll be here for the next three hours. Whoever wants to come and meet me, meet me. Yeah. I've always like loved the idea. I've never done it because I'm always scared that, okay, what if those people don't really like each other or like they are from very different backgrounds and like parts of your life. But then I guess like the fact that they are your friends means that they should be okay hanging out with each other also. And I think also, especially in those moments where you say, look, I have 48 hours here. I don't have the time to meet like 20 people for individual coffee dates. Yeah. So the point at that time is for you to meet them and them to meet you. If they get to meet each other and like each other or not, that's almost secondary, I find. And at least you guys meet up if it was just for like a five minute chat for you to move on to the next. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have to do that in in future because it's so funny. Like I have a longer list of people that I want to meet in Bengaluru after leaving the city than I had before. (laughs) Also like a few of my friends that I had no idea that they actually moved there. A friend from Dubai was in town. Even if it's just reconnecting with people over text. Yeah, next time we'll catch up. It was really, really nice. I totally enjoyed it. So that was my favorite of the week. And now it's almost end of December. It's mid-December. It's mid-December. mid-December. <laughs> in my mood, because so now I'm not doing any trips this year anymore. I'm just home for the next two, three weeks. So I was just thinking that I'm really in the mood of reflecting on the year and wrapping up. Yeah, I completely agree. I also find always that in December, you know that the last week of December it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> so it feels like you basically have one work week left in the month. And then exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so what is your plan? Like, what's your goal for next week? So exactly along those lines as well so we have our annual goal meeting planned for end of next week Correct. and in order to make the most of that i want to really sit down and reflect on what went well but more so what the plan is for the next year and to to set up the year and, and get it planned out so that it's really gonna be love it love Yes, I totally love this end of the year, start of new year kind of season. It's very transformative. And I have always a lot of energy of setting new goals, creating new habits, having new projects to work on. It really excites me. So Yeah, and this time I really want to make sure that I actually already plan certain things for certain months because I oh, sometimes wow. feel... That you know that energy, what you were saying, mm. you have that energy in the beginning of the year. Uh, that energy helps you or sometimes makes you a little overconfident with regards to, you know, starting everything now. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it, that usually doesn't go all too well. So yes. The idea basically that maybe instead of starting everything right in the beginning to have the idea, okay, what do I start right mm. January 1st? And what are things that I maybe want to start, you know, February 1st and March 1st or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like in the second half of the year, I yeah. want to focus on this or that. Yeah, makes sense. I think that's that's a good thing. Actually, we'll also be talking a lot about this in next week's episode. We'll do a bit of 2023 review. Okay, that sounds very formal. The year 2023. Yeah, we'll basically talk both in terms of our personal thoughts on the year as well as some of the things that happen globally or specifically in India and Germany. Now, let's jump into the topic of today's episode. Before we do that, we would like to introduce an organization to you that we really, really love. Have you heard India has two charities for every one police personnel? When you are looking to volunteer, that means there's definitely something out there. But how to find the right fit? Well, get help from Connect4. They provide a platform that connects charities which need assistance and people who are looking to offer their skills. Connect4 works with more than 500 NGOs in fields from women empowerment, children and seniors, to animals and community development, and much more. In the last eight years, they have helped over 56,000 volunteers 
to find ways to use their skills in the betterment of our society. Go to connect4.org for more information and to find your next volunteer opportunity. All right, let's get started talking about active citizenship and volunteering. And the reason we came up with that idea was actually because Gwenda mentioned last time that Christmas is actually a terrific time to volunteer and do something for somebody else and consider more than just your direct immediate family for giving, basically. So before we get into it, it's just important that we have a common understanding of what is active citizenship actually. So for us, the way we define it or the way we look at it is that active citizenship means that people are getting involved in their local communities and overall in democracy can be at the global level, can be at a local level. It's really from the smallest to the biggest level. Also, it doesn't have to be always these big campaigns or big, big projects that you work on. It can be something super, super small that you do in your own society, in your street, a beach cleanup, for example, or it can be as big as being like an advisor to United Nations, for example. <laughs> I mean, the sky is the limit, right? And the reason why I brought in both these extremes is that I think sometimes when we talk about volunteering or being an active citizen and playing an active role in, in how we want to live together as a society, we get overwhelmed, especially in today's world. There are so many conflicts, so many problems, whether it's like climate change, wars. Sometimes we really feel that there's nothing that I as an individual can do. But then that's exactly what we are going to talk about in this episode. There are like a million things that we can do. And it all starts with one person doing something small. Exactly. And that's why we mentioned actually in the episode title that we really want to concentrate on a couple of things now that you can do with actually very little time investment. So when we talk about volunteering and giving back to society, there are like three main things that we will focus on in this episode. One is that you can volunteer by giving your time. The other thing is you can donate money. And the third thing is that you can give any other kind of resources, like in terms of materialistic things. Exactly. And let's start with donating time. And for many of us who don't have the disposable income to just give money away, or maybe you feel that the money you have is not enough to really make a difference, donating time is really a terrific option. You can go out, find something that you're really passionate about. I feel that when we talk about volunteering or active citizenship, we always think about those who are really in desperate need of it. Children living on the streets, the elderly that are left alone to fend for themselves, people who are sick and who don't have the money to help themselves, animal shelters and support. And these are terrific places to start. But if those are not things that you feel you can actually make a difference in, then cleanups are things as well. If environment is something that you're very passionate about. So find something that you really feel again passionate about and see what kind of skills you have with which you can help that kind of cause exactly it can be as big or small as you need right it can be for example if you have kids right maybe going to your local park or your local nature area and basically picking up some trash on a sunday morning walk yep. is something which i would already consider active citizenship because you care about the environment and about the society. It can be something as small as your local church is doing an event and you say that, okay, I have exactly two hours and I'll come and volunteer and I'll sell tickets for the Christmas ball, yeah. right? And I think that is really, really important. I'm pretty sure like each one of us is already involved in some kind of community, whether it's like your book club, your football club, 
your society, maybe like a political party that you're part of, your children's school, your neighborhood elderly group, so many different things. And a lot of times when it comes to volunteering with time and donating time is something which happens on a regular basis. But then there are also a lot of times when organizations need someone for a specific event. Yeah. And you can just be like, okay, on that date, I am free, I'm available, I can be there and help them for like one day and that's it. And that's, I think, also a very important thing when we talk about donating time or like giving our time. Do you have time on a regular basis? So for example, when I moved to Bombay in 2014, I volunteered with an organization called Mentor Me India. What they do is they bring young corporate people together with local BMC schools and partner one young professional with a student in that school and you become a mentor for that person. That is not like a one-time thing, right? Because there's a relationship that you build with a team. You need to be actively involved on a weekly basis, meet that child and so on. So that is a bigger commitment compared to, let's say, if a friend of mine organizes a football tournament in, in their neighborhood and they need someone to just help them like set up. Be the referee. Or be a referee. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that, and that's actually, that's a very good point that you just brought up because when we think about donating time, we always think about, okay, we go to an NGO and we give our time there. But being involved, let's say you're a parent and you're involved in the parent school board, it's a lot of time that you're giving there. Or like, remember when we were part of the board of the American Club for International Women, ACIW, and we were organizing get-togethers, donation drives and all these kind of things. Again, like that is volunteering, right? Even when you're a politician at a local level, you don't get paid for it. You are volunteering your time to help make society better. No, absolutely. I have gone and I've done so many sessions at my daughter's school when it comes to either teaching German or teaching about German culture, etc. And I really have to say... For many, donating time is something that you have to do on top of everything else you're already doing, which is true. But I have to say, it really gives you a lot back oh, yeah. as well. It's so good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's something that you're really passionate about. So these are the kids in my daughter's school or even my own daughter's class. And I get to see that class. I get to meet all her friends and teachers. I get to see how the class interacts and how the school feels buzzing with kids. And... Quite frankly, the questions I have been asked by kids during whatever sort of school activities I've done, it's just amazing. And that's something that I would have never gotten if I had not gone and volunteered. You know, the you suddenly realize my daughter's only eight. That's fairly young. And we tend to really underestimate kids. But if you stand in front of a class of eight-year-olds and they start asking you questions and you're like, Okay, well, I, I'll have to check that while I get back to you. I mean, Let me Google this. <laughs> I was talking about Germany and somebody asked me what the national bird and national tree is. <laughs> like, okay, I will, I will let you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's so true. I mean, it's the same for me being part of the women's committee at MFA at the Mumbai Football Association. Or even my involvement in the, in the fan club at Mumbai City FC, right? To be honest, it's a lot of work that we put into into these kind of volunteer positions, but it doesn't feel like work because you're so passionate about it. And I think that is really, really key. And also, so I always have this theory, do good and feel good as a company. Also, if you do something good, it's okay if you make money out of it. Yeah. As a volunteer as well, right? Especially if you're listening and you're a student, try and get some kind of volunteer experience because you will learn so much as well. You will learn how to work in a team, for example, whatever like skills that you bring to the table as well. Like, for example, if you work with an NGO and you're organizing a donation drive, the operational aspect of it, it's so much of life skills that you learn while you're 
actually doing something good for society. So yeah. I, even as a kid, I remember when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I was always volunteering in Germany, whether it was a student representative of my school. I started even the youth wing of a political party when I was 16, 17 in Germany. Then I went for like a school exchange program. So I volunteered with the organization later and I did intercultural trainings for exchange students who came to Germany. And the amount of things that I've learned, the network that I've built, the skills that I picked up is just insane. Yeah, and you won't know until you actually get involved. I remember as well, as you mentioned, the ACIW, American Club for International Women, we organized the international conference here yeah. in India, right? I'm still in contact with some of these women literally all over the world. And you suddenly get involved with things like the legal aspects of, for instance, donating money from abroad into India. Who can do that? Who can you send money to? And what charities? Those are things that you don't even think about until right. unless you are involved in the process of it all. Exactly. So I think there are many, many reasons uh, to get involved and, and volunteer, <laughs> obviously to make the world a better place and to change the world. But also, and I think that is really important. I only donated blood once in my life, but I remember I felt so happy after donating blood. And it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty that you feel good about doing something good. It's a win-win situation, right? If you are actually enjoying what you're doing and you're volunteering and you're giving your time and you're creating something good, Feel amazing. Be proud of the work that you do as a volunteer for, for young people or anyone trying to get back into the workforce. You can totally put these kind of things on your CV, yes. on your LinkedIn, everywhere. I mean, obviously, you should not just volunteer for the sake of putting something on your CV. But then, as I said, if you're doing something good, it can benefit you as well. And it's really something everybody has a skill to donate, basically. That's something sometimes I feel it's like, you know, but what can I do? Everybody can do something. I'm volunteering with an organization called German Dreams. And just the fact that I'm living in India and abroad, and I have a completely different viewpoint on my education in Germany back then. It's mm. something that I can share with those kids who are living in Germany, growing up in Germany, and have maybe not really seen anything much of the world. I don't even need to prepare much for that. It's just I'm talking about my life. Your basically. experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So true. Everybody has something. And yeah. Then- in fact, I remember one of our common friends when the pandemic was happening, she would just every single day cook, I don't know how many meals, pack them up and give them to homeless people. So again, I remember in my hometown in Germany, around Christmas time there would be these Christmas market type of things and there would always be places that people can bake cakes you donate baking one two three cakes people buy the cake and the money will be donated right super small thing yeah so the main thing was donating your time was really find something that you love doing because then you get something out of it as well in terms of the enjoyment of being able to do that thing exactly the second way in which you can volunteer is by donating things And that could be something as simple as that you declutter your wardrobe and you have clothes that you want to donate and you give away. They're fantastic organizations as well. I forgot the name. I'll try to to find it. If you find it, we'll put it in the show notes. There's this organization where you can actually donate formal clothes so people can rent them out for their job interviews. That's brilliant. uh, Which I really, really love. There are so many organizations where you can donate clothes. You can recycle in, in Mumbai, for example. Fantastic organizations who are in this whole aspect of segregating. So you can donate your paper, your glass. Plastic. Uh, plastic, all of that. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we had spoken during our episode about periods, about Wunsch, which yes. is also an organization that basically collects a lot of different types of materials that you have lying around who might not want anymore, that might be clothes, that is also stationary paper, etc., that you have lying around really don't need anymore. 
obviously books for me yeah amazing <laughs> any kind of book that either you have read and you're really not that fond of and don't want to keep so why not donating it also again i have a daughter and kids grow out of both their clothes their toys their books what was Everything. interesting to them a year ago is no longer of use to Correct. them and to then give it to somebody who can actually make use of that is very important and especially i feel also in terms of a circular economy where basically instead of throwing everything out you give it a second life and you give it to somebody who needs it and it doesn't end up on a landfill and again win-win win-win situation absolutely and i think about that so often when i think about the electronic devices that we use so yes obviously you can do like a buyback option when you get your new laptop and new phone but you can also if your phone or laptop is still working i remember during the lockdown i actually donated like i think two or three old smartphones that i had lying around at home to local schools so that kids could actually like attend homeschool yeah. during during the lockdown yeah. during covid i used to do this also with our mate that whenever i'm upgrading my phone like i offer my phone to her if she wanted to upgrade hers and just gave it to her when it's about donating things one aspect is of course the donating things that you have used or that are from your house but the other thing is also if like we'll talk about donating money in a second but if you're not comfortable with donating money a lot of NGOs have lists of things that they need yeah so in fact I just got a message last night from an NGO who's organizing a Christmas event for children and you can either donate money, but they also offer you. And I really love that when NGOs do that, where they tell you, okay, with 100 rupees, you can buy these kind of products. So if I donate money, I know how much money approximately should I donate? What do I cover? So they are organizing a Christmas event for 100 kids. So they are very clearly saying, okay, we need 100 juice packs. Yeah. So if you are not sure about the NGO or something, Rather than giving the money, you buy the products, right? Food items is obviously a thing. For school kids, school supply is very important. Clothing, so many, so many things that you can buy. And also, obviously, NGOs, especially the ones that are bigger, also have administrative costs, right? And it's always sexier to donate money to a specific cause. But also, an NGO might need a laptop to actually run the office. So again, like donating your phones, your laptops, maybe a printer, even furniture, for example, is a good way to donate things. Yeah. The most important thing here, though, is to really take a very good look at the item you're donating because it's not a way for you to get rid of, rid of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not at all. It's really important that no matter if it's, for instance, an IT gadget or if it's a book or toy, really make sure that whatever it is, it can still be used for. It's usable and it also it's that the NGO actually needs it. Yeah. That's another thing. So my mom runs a shelter home for women who face domestic violence in Germany, right? The amount of stuff that gets donated, they have to go through all of it and then they are in charge of getting rid of 80% of the stuff. It's not usable or, for example, they might not have women with young children in the shelter home at that moment, but someone wants to donate baby clothes. Yes, a certain amount of baby clothes you can keep, right? But you can't just pile it up forever. So check with the NGO. What do they need? Send them pictures. If you're donating clothes, make sure that you wash them. Small things like that. Yeah. Otherwise, you add to the NGO's work more than you help them in the end. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. So what about the third thing? The third is donating money. So that's something that if you have a very demanding job that keeps you at work 24-7 almost, basically, and uh, the, the two minutes you get, you spend on your family, it's perfectly fine, obviously, to donate money. And also, there are a couple of things, obviously, that NGOs need covered that cannot be bought by you. For instance, rental or electricity, electricity costs, money for water, etc. Those kind of things need to be paid in money. They can't be paid in goods. Kind. 
And as well, there are NGOs or causes you might want to support that are far away from you. For instance, there's currently the war going on in Israel and Palestine. If you want to donate anything there, you're not going to be able to go there and donate your time or pack your car full of things and donate it there. It's not possible for you. I assume. And if it's not, then it's just no other way than to donate actual money to an organization who is in the area and knows where they can get the money to the people who need it. Absolutely. And sharing your personal example, there are NGOs that you can support like that. But one thing which I truly love, which my dad does, every time he flies, he donates to an organization that reduces the carbon footprint. Set off. It's a set off. So he even does it when I take a flight. <laughs> He's like, Okay, tell me. So then there's these calculators online that you can just calculate. And I think that's very important. If you are privileged or in a privileged situation that you make more money than you need to survive, it is the same way that you put a certain amount away for investment and savings. Take a certain amount and donate it to causes that you care about because other people are putting in the effort and the time. And if you can't put in or donate your time, then might as well support them financially. Also, something that we've done a couple of times is actually gifting those donations to somebody. Oh, I love that. I have seen that now in a couple of weddings or birthdays that people start donation drives for their special days and say, instead of gifting us anything we don't need in the end or we can buy ourselves, why don't you donate to a certain charity? I have done it a couple of times with something called Grow Trees because I am very fond of the environment and feel there needs to be done a lot more. And this is a charity where you can actually buy trees that then get planted in areas and you can select those areas so each area has something it's a little bit different in terms of its park where tigers are living so it's really to extend the space that tigers have or it's an area that has been deforested and it's actually creating jobs for people in the area to plant those trees etc and what i really love i actually went back and i saw that over the last seven years we have planted 170 trees and they show wow every year that sets off 3400 kilograms of co2 and has created 14 jobs over the time that's really oh i love that that's That's so cool cool. yeah that's amazing again giving an example from my dad he also does some investment in forests in south america yeah and i totally love it and i think that's also from an ngo perspective i think it's so good when you get donations to actually show the donors what their money does because then I feel so much more encouraged to give more because I know what you said right like you know now you have created 14 jobs for example you know that I want to continue this because I want to continue to grow this kind of setup where people in that locality actually get a job from doing something good like growing a forest. (laughs) I completely agree and on top of that I feel if you actually gift that as a certificate you can basically print out those certificates you really show the person that you're gifting it to that these are opportunities and that this is what they have been given but it also maybe encourages them to give that to somebody as well we have done that a couple of times actually once for my daughter's return gifts for her birthday Mm -hmm. every child got a certificate for a tree that was planted in their name so Um, sweet yeah i love that and then another friend of ours her dad turned 80 and he's very much into gardening 
Oh, wow. And what do you give an 80-year-old man, right? Yeah. It's really difficult to, to find. And so we gift him something else as well, but we also gifted him 80 trees, which is such a... Such a lovely thing. I totally love that. Like, it's your Why own forest, it? you know? Yeah. It's so cool. Ooh. I want this. From now on, for every birthday, I want one tree. <laughs> In the same location, and then yeah, uh, 20 imagine, years imagine from now. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my God. And then I do, like, a short trip to that area and visit my trees and hug them. <laughs> I love it. However, as we had already mentioned before, I think one thing, especially if you're looking into donating money, is to really make sure that it goes to a charity that is registered and really make sure that your donation goes to the spaces that you think you're donating to. Absolutely. I think that is like you just do your betting with anything that you do. But yeah, especially if money is involved. Also, just a small tip for those of you who pay taxes. When you donate money, you can often get a tax return or like tax benefits with that. So do check that out as well. Okay, but I think we gave you a few ideas and really one of the main reasons why we wanted to do this episode is that we can talk for hours and hours about it. There are so many different ways and opportunities that you can get involved. So two things, don't feel that you are too small to change the world because there's this really cute saying that 100 people who take one small step can still change the world or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, okay, I'll figure it out. If I find it, I will post it on Instagram. I think really we sometimes underestimate the kind of power we have in this world. And yes, the world is big and there are a lot of challenges. And sometimes you don't know where to start, but it is important to start. And I think we are still the majority of the people who live on this planet want something good for our societies and want to save the world. So let's just do one small thing that we can do. And it can be as big or as small as you want it to be can be as diverse you can donate your time you can donate items you can donate money the most important thing is that you are an active citizen you are aware of what is happening and how you can be a part of the greater good absolutely and that's why we want to leave you with three quick action steps of things you can do till the end of the year <laughs> and in the spirit of christmas to basically do something for the society around you Number one, go and find a charity or an organization of your choice that supports a cause that you are interested in and see how you can donate time in that organization. As Gwena mentioned, you can do it once off and that's it. Or you can look into maybe they need somebody on a regular basis. And if you can do that, great. But definitely look into your interests and find a charity there because it's going to be so much more fun. Number two, buy gifts from charity. So this Christmas, when you're looking for gifts, look into charities like, for instance, WWF India. They have fantastic calendars with animals, etc. on there that make for great gifts. But also a charity we had spoken before called Man, who is working with special able people and they are doing fantastic things. So you can look into buying from them. And obviously, if none of that really works for you, why not donate to a cause that is close to your heart? And with that, we're ending today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I don't know whether you have realized it's not just a year that is coming to an end, but also our first season of the podcast is coming to an end next oh. week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like this went by really, really fast. Unbelievable. Yeah, we totally love it. So don't worry, there will be a season two, but we'll take a little break. Have you already told them what we are talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about, yes, the year 2023. Yeah, so get excited for our last episode of the season next week. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.